So who really wants to be meek? Meekness is fodder for the comic strips. One comic strip pictures a forlorn guy who looks like he's just lost his best friend. He's overweight. His feet are turned in. He's got an extra large nose. His hands are shoved into his baggy pants pockets and his baggy t-shirt reads, I don't look like much, but I'm going to inherit the earth. Right? So if you're meek, does that mean you're a loser? Another comic strip, two, two macho guys talking, and they have this kind of disgusted look on their face, and one says to the other, if the meek are going to inherit the earth, they're going to have to toughen up. If, if you're meek, does it mean you're soft? Another shows a small-framed, mousy-looking guy. He's bald except for a couple of stray hairs sticking up, bespeckled, little mustache, quintessential 90-pound weakling. He's sitting at a bar with this handsome, charismatic guy, and he says to him, I do what the voices in my wife's head tell me to do. If you're meek, do you have to be henpecked? Lastly, one more. An angel is reading a message to God from an iPad, and the angel tells God, it's from the meek. They feel they lack the self-assurance to inherit the earth, and can you please leave it to someone else? So, does being meek mean that you are insecure and you have no confidence? These are the commonly held ideas about meekness. And so, who wants to, to be meek? Is meekness weakness? This month's Christianity Today has an article entitled, The Man-Friendly Church. And it's about churches who are trying to attract men. I think they believe that Christianity needs to toughen up a little bit. So one church replaced the flower arrangements in the lobby with three Harley Davidsons. <laughs> Please imagine. There's a sports bar, cafe type thing. It's the lobby and it's got all these screens. And all the screens show uh, all sorts of different games. And that's where men stay until they're brave enough to go into the sanctuary. Church begins its service with the band playing 30 seconds of Led Zeppelin. Yeah. And then in a subsequent service, they played ACDC's Thunderstruck. In their services, they intentionally avoid songs with the lyrics like, I'm desperate for you and Jesus, lover of my soul, and other Jesus is my boyfriend songs, as one worship pastor put it. What in the world would they do with that? <laughs> oh, they were walking. Is meekness weakness? Does meekness mean you can't be manly? Do you have to be soft and henpecked and incompetent and insecure and a loser to be meek? Is inheriting the earth just the consolation prize that Jesus gives to the meek for suffering that kind of life here on earth? We have to figure out what true meekness is because that's what Jesus calls us to be. It's what Jesus blesses. And so if we don't want to be what Jesus says we are blessed to be, then we know that something is wrong in our thinking. And week by week, it seems so odd to me that before we can talk about what these Beatitudes are, we have to first talk about what they are not. Why don't we intuit the right definitions of these words? To be poor, to mourn, to be meek. 
And here's the conclusion I always reach. It's the principle we've seen over and over again. Whatever God ordains, Satan opposes. If God wants us to be meek, then Satan wants us to misunderstand what meekness is so that we'll never be what God wants us to be. So this morning, we need to talk about meekness. Because we're called to be weak, to be meek. We're, we're blessed when we're meek, and so we, we've got to meet, be meek. And I think when we understand it rightly, meekness is something that we will want to demonstrate in our lives. So, toward that end, if you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to ask you to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. And when we found your place, I'm going to ask you to stand as we hear read together the Word of the Living God. Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, this is the word of the Lord. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, once again, we ask you to give us understanding of your word. Lord, we need to understand your truth so that we can live by your truth. And so, Lord, we ask that your spirit, your powerful spirit, would now join your powerful word and bring change, drastic, dramatic change in this place, in our hearts. We submit ourselves to you, the authority of of your word and the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. This morning, I want us to talk about seven characteristics of meekness. Seven characteristics of meekness. When Jesus says here, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, he doesn't continue by saying, and by meek, I mean. He doesn't do that. So, He doesn't define meekness for us with his words. Now, we can look up the word meekness in a lexicon and get the definition of the Greek word, and I just happen to have done that for you. Meek means not being overly impressed by a sense of one's self-importance. Not being overly impressed by a sense of one's self-importance, gentle, humble, Consider it. Now that's a helpful definition for us. But, but we can do better this morning than a dictionary definition to understand this word. Because Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, Come unto me, you know the rest of it, for I am meek. That's what Jesus says of himself. Jesus says, I am meek. And so you and I can look at the life of of Jesus and get a fuller understanding of we of what meekness is. So there are seven snapshots of Jesus' life that we're going to look at this morning. And from those seven snapshots, we're going to find these seven characteristics of meekness. And the first snapshot characteristic is this. It's in, in, in John chapter 2. And we read there about Jesus entering the temple. And he goes into the temple and he looks around. And he sees that the purpose 
for which the temple was built has been perverted. The temple is intended to be a place of worship. The temple is intended to be a place where people meet with God. The temple is intended to be a house of prayer, but it isn't. It's been changed into a money-making market. And so you know this story, don't you? Jesus takes a whip made of cords. And with that whip, he, he drives out both people and animals from the temple. And with his hands, his meek hands, he flips over the tables and the money changers. And the coins go flying everywhere. And he says, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. And the disciples remembered in that moment the teaching of Scripture that says, zeal for your house will consume me. And yet Jesus, who cleared the temple, says, I am meek. That means you can be zealous. You can be passionate. You can act with zeal. You can act with passion and still be meek. The second snapshot characteristic is in Matthew chapter 23. Matthew 23 serves as a bookend to Matthew chapter 5. Chapter 5, the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. He's blessing, right? The Beatitudes. Chapter 23, he's cursing pronouncing woes to the scribes and the Pharisees. And so seven times in Matthew 23, he says to this group of people, Woe to you! Woe to you! Woe to you! Because they were perverting the word of God and they were preventing people from coming rightly to God. And so Jesus called them hypocrites, blind fools, blind guides, sons of hell. And he concluded his woes by saying, You snakes! You brood of vipers, how will you escape being condemned to hell? And yet Jesus says, I am meek. So meekness is not being mealy-mouthed or fearful to speak the truth. The meek can speak truth boldly. Third characteristic. Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asks the disciples, who do you say I am? And Peter, as you know, answers, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. From that time on, Jesus began to tell them what was going to happen. He would go to Jerusalem, he would suffer there, he would die there, and he would be raised on the third day. And you know the story, Peter says, no, Lord, this will never happen to you. And he begins to rebuke Jesus, and Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. That's what he called Peter. You're a stumbling block to me. You don't have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. And yet Jesus says, I am meek. Meekness can speak directly, even to close, dearly loved friends. Fourth snapshot characteristic, Luke chapter 9, verse 51. We read there that as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. We've talked about this before. Literally, Jesus set his face like flint. He was determined to go to Jerusalem to face his own death there. And yet Jesus says, I am meek. But he's also resolute. He's decisive. He's determined. He's unafraid. And so you can be meek and still be decisive. You can be meek and 
not full of fear, you can accomplish what you're called and equipped by God to do and still be meek. Fifth snapshot characteristic, John 10. Jesus says, I lay down my life for the sheep. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. So the same Jesus who said, I am meek, is also a Jesus of great authority. He's in control. He's not a passive victim. You can be meek and not be passive. You can be meek and still stand firmly. You can be meek and still act with authority, with accordance to the word of God. Sixth snapshot. Hey, are y'all surprised how fast I'm going through these? (laughs) Like, what's happened to Craig? John has a vision of Jesus in Revelation. Chapter 19. The Apostle John says, Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire. And on his head are many crowns. And the armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses. And out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty, and on his robe and on his thigh he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. These verses are the epitome of strength and power. An army-leading, sword-carrying, blazing-eyed Jesus says, I am meek. Apparently you can be meek and still be strong and powerful. And so these Six characteristics show us you know, the complexity of meekness, or at least of the one who is meek. They reveal that being meek is not something to ridicule in a comic strip. Like Jesus, you and I need to be meek, which means we will be zealously passionate for the things of God. What are you passionate about? What ignites zeal in you? It should be something of the Lord if you are a person who is meek. You can still be meek and still be angry at sin and injustice in the world. You can be meek and still do justly and love mercy like Jesus did, zealously and passionately. Blessing is found in this. Jesus says you can be meek and still speak the truth in love. Look, we need to speak the truth to one another. You are not more meek. Listen to me, because i got to tell myself this. You are not more meek when you don't speak God's truth in love to someone else. You know what? You're less meek. Even though you appear so sweet, you're less meek. And you're further away from God's blessing. And in this, I'm not very meek. But I need to be. And you need to be. God has put us in each other's lives to sharpen one another. To make us better. To challenge each other to be more like Christ. Let me tell you, there's blessing in that. 
like Jesus, you can be meek and still be resolute and decisive. So I ask, what's your plan? What's your plan for life? What are you asking the Lord to show you about your life? What are you asking the Lord to do with your life? How are you seeking to honor the Lord and bring Him glory with your life? How are you asking the Lord to allow you to live out the gospel? What's your plan? Do you have a plan? If not, you need a plan. Because the weak have a plan and they're resolute and they're decisive about bringing it about through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus promises blessing for it. Like the white horse riding army leading Jesus, you can still be meek and be a person of power. Listen, you and I have the power of the Holy Spirit within us. What could be more powerful? So the meek person, the meek person expects great victories to be won for the gospel through the power of the Spirit of God. We expect victories to be won. The meek person is powerful in the Spirit and Jesus promises blessing for it. And I promised seven characteristics. So I wanted to pause before the seventh one because the seventh one is so supremely important. The seventh snapshot. The prophet Isaiah is inspired by God, the Spirit of God, to describe the Messiah who's going to come, Jesus. And he does that in a chapter that's so familiar to all of us, Isaiah Chapter 53, speaking of the Messiah, Isaiah writes, He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Now we're coming to a picture that seems a little more comfortable to us, and our idea of meekness. Jesus is silent. He appears passive. He's being led away by others. But the meekness in this passage is not found in Jesus' silence. The meekness in this passage is not found in Jesus being led away to be killed. The meekness in this passage is found in Jesus' self-control. He did not speak out when he was being led away. He did not rail against those doing the leading. Why not? Isaiah tells us in verse 10, Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. See, it was the Lord's will that Jesus be led to the, as a lamb to slaughter. And so Jesus submitted to the will of God. That's what meekness is. The Theological Dictionary of the New Testament defines a meek person as one who feels that he or she is a servant in relationship to God and who subjects himself or herself to God quietly and without resistance. The meek person feels that he is a servant in relationship to God and subjects himself 
to God quietly and without resistance. Now think about that. Isaiah 53. In light of our call to worship this morning. It was from Revelation chapter 5. In that call to worship, Jesus is described as the Lion of Judah. Lions are powerful, right? Lions roar. roar. That's a lion. The Messiah, described in Isaiah 53 as a lamb, is at the same time a lion. And as the lamb being led away, he had not lost his ability to roar. He could have roared. He could have always roared against sin and against sinners. He was still the powerful, strong lion. He could have broken free of those that were leading him away to his own death. He could have devoured them, but he did not. And this is where Jesus displays his meekness. It's in his self-control. Because the issue for Jesus was not what he could do for himself. The issue for Jesus was not how to protect himself or defend himself or rescue himself. The issue for Jesus was what he needed to do for others. And so he submitted himself to the will of God for the benefit of others. Isaiah 53 tells us so. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. For us. For Jesus, meekness is complete submission to the will of God for the benefit of others. The meek Jesus said, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And the meek, Jesus said, the will of him who sent me is that I should lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. And so he's submissive, but he's powerful, powerful to raise us up. Submission to the will of God for the benefit of others. That's meekness. The meek Jesus prayed, not my will, but thy will be done. And then he was immediately strong enough to endure a beating and being crucified on a cross for our sins. For Jesus, meekness is submission to the will of God for the benefit of others, for our benefit. And so when we think of meekness in this way, the beauty of meekness begins to to shine through. And we can begin to see how much more beautiful our lives would be if we submitted ourselves to the will of God and if we worked for the benefit of others. We can begin to see how beautiful a world, an earth would be ruled by meek people who submitted themselves to the will of God and worked for the benefit of of others. Can you imagine a world? Like that. Meekness is tied so closely to the fruit of the Spirit called self-control. You and I controlling ourselves. Putting a, a rein on our lives. Putting a rein on our tongues. 
not saying what we could say, what we have the right to say, to defend or protect ourselves. Putting a rein on our desires, not striving to get what we could get, what we want to get, even what we think we deserve to get. In order that we can think of someone else first or have time for someone else first. D.A. Carson writes in his book about the Sermon of the Mount. Meekness is a controlled desire to see the other's interests advance ahead of your own. A controlled desire to see others' interests advanced before your own. Meekness is self-control out of love for God and out of love for others. Meekness is putting the interests of others before your own. So opposite from the world we live in. A world consumed with self. And that's why I think comic strips are written to ridicule meekness. Because our enemy doesn't want us to be meek. Meekness is too good for us. Meekness is too good for the world. Meekness will accomplish too much for the kingdom of God. So, of course, our enemy wants us to misunderstand it, to laugh at it, (laughs) not to ever want to be it. Thankfully, we always have Jesus to orient us and redirect our lives. We've already heard it once this morning from Philippians 2. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Here is the heart of meekness. Considering others better than yourself. And Paul uses Jesus as an example of it. You read it this morning. Left heaven, of his own will, came to earth, a place which in comparison to heaven must have looked like a place of, of blighted death. But Jesus came anyway because Jesus put the reins on what he could have had, what he deserved to have, what was rightfully his and had been from all eternity past. But he put the reins on that to act for the benefit of others and not just for others, but for you and for me. Jesus was meek for us. And that's why you and I will be able to be meek. Because we'll have this estimation of ourselves. We'll realize that what Jesus did for us. And we'll know that what he did for us, we did not deserve that he do it. But he thought of us before he thought of himself. And so he went to the cross. And so I ask, why, Lord, would you do that for me? And the answer to that question should always humble us. Martin Lloyd-Jones says that meekness is essentially a true view of oneself, expressing itself in attitude and conduct with respect to others. The man who is truly meek is the one who is truly amazed that God can think of him as well as he does. Are you still amazed by what God has done for you through Christ?
Are you still amazed by how God views you? A much, much loved son and daughter. If you aren't amazed, you'll never be meek. If you aren't amazed, you'll never submit to his will. You'll never work for the benefit of others. And so this world will be a less beautiful place. And the kingdom will not grow and not flourish in others to the same extent it would if you and I were still amazed and therefore still meek. If we're not meek, we'll never be successful as a family on mission together. If we're not meek, we'll never love one another well as family members. If we're not meek, we won't care about being on mission in the first place. We won't not look for people of peace in our lives because we won't care about them. But if, if, if you and I are meek, watch out, right? Meekness is a beautiful thing. Meekness is a blessed thing. It's not fodder for comic strips. And guess what? Meekness comes with a reward. And we're going to finish with that. And I am, you have no idea how close we are to being done. Jesus says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Here's the reward. The meek will inherit the earth. You know, though it appeared at the time, that Jesus' display of meekness and allowing himself to be led away and allowing himself to be crucified, it appeared in the moment as if Jesus was a big loser, right? Loser right here. Crucified on a cross. Scripture says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And so Jesus, as he walked with the cross on his back to his place of crucifixion, was walking toward joy. And what was that joy? Going home to be with his father. And making it possible for millions And millions and millions of people to join him there. He could be meek for that, right? So listen to his reward. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's his reward. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 16, 610, that as a servant of Christ, he has nothing and yet he possesses everything. If we are in Christ, if you and I are in Christ, we possess everything. And this beatitude is a prime example of that. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. When you are meek, you're going to experience the earth in its fullness. Because you're going to be relating to this world as you were designed to relate to it. When you're meek, you are going to relate to God. As God intends you to relate to Him because you have a restored relationship with Him through faith in Jesus Christ. And when you're meek, you're going to relate to others as God intends you to relate to them. Considering them better than yourselves. And then one day, One day, one day, there's going to be a new heaven 
and a new earth. And God's people said, (laughs) Christ is going to reign. And scripture says that we will reign with him. And so who better to live now in the world and later inherit a recreated earth than those who love God supremely, who wholeheartedly submit to his will and surrender themselves to his will and work on behalf of others. Romans 8, 17 says we're heirs with God and co-heirs with Christ. What he inherits, we inherit. And Jesus, and Scripture says that Jesus gets it all. Meekness is not something to laugh about. It's not something to write comic strips about. It isn't something for us to avoid. You don't need to ride a Harley to prove that you're not meek. You don't need to refuse to sing songs about Jesus being the lover of your soul because guess what? He is. Meek is good. Meek is strong. Meek is resolute. Meek is powerful and engaging battles. Meek acts with authority. Meek speaks the truth. Meek accomplishes great things for God with great faith and without fear. Meek is completely submissive to God's will. Meek considers others better than themselves. Meek submits completely to the will of God and works for the benefit of others. No wonder Jesus says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And so here's the question. Will you be meek? Let's pray together. Father, we might answer that question, yes. We will be meek. We want to be meek. Particularly, Lord, when we look at you and your life, the one who said, I am meek, and yet what we see in your life. Lord, we want to emulate that. Scripture calls us to emulate that. But Lord, if we say yes and attempt to be meek in our own strength, we will never succeed. So we need you, Lord, to give us the strength to be meek. How odd that seems to us, Lord. Because to us it seems like you don't have to be, do anything to be meek except to do nothing. To be passive, be passed over, all of those things. Lord, how wrong we are. We need your strength and your power to be meek. To really submit our lives, all of our lives to you. To really love others better than ourselves. Lord, that's what you call us to be. And so I pray that through the power of your spirit, you will make us here at Redeemer meek people. And that as meek people, we will go out of this place and change the world for Christ. Meek people believe that can happen. And we are resolute about seeing it accomplished through the power of your spirit. May it be so, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.